Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support, and I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this week's episode, we welcomed Yoni Wolf to the podcast. I hope that you enjoy our interview. Do not disturb. Here we go. (gasps) Okay, do not disturb. Okay, I think I got it. All right. Welcome to Why Not Both, where technology, it's supposed to make our lives easier, right? Like, can you imagine like hundreds of years ago, someone is like, okay, so you've got this text that you just lead like a life of luxury. And we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Colonel panic was a military term back then. <laughs> That's when you did an about day. face. The colonel did an about face and ran out of there. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. That, I mean, that does remind me of the only time I got in trouble as a small child at school. I, I refused to curtsy to the headmistress of the school and got oh, in trouble. Oh. I was like five. Um, I informed my mom it was because she wasn't royalty. We 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 led a very different childhood. Well, where, where was it? <laughs> uh, okay. Needless to say, I didn't go to that school for very long. Well, we had to, you know, we had to salute the flag or whatever, I guess, in the morning, you know. So, you know, we're not so different. Right. What's what's with that? I think Americans are the only Rain ones water. that really still do that whole chant at the flag thing. Oh no, 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 no. It's got, I'm sure that happens in China, North Korea, possibly Russia, you know, anywhere where you're really trying to build a brand in, in, in a way that is, you know, sort of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that that speaks to, I, I misspoke. It was more that I think we're the only place masquerading as a democracy that does yeah, that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So welcome to the podcast. It's chaos. Um, it was funny. I was listening to some of your episodes. Well, I was trying to, um, I was listening on my Bluetooth speaker while taking a shower and it kept switching between episodes completely outside of my agency. Um, but that was actually quite interesting. It would just, that's interesting. Like, like mid episode. Yeah, it would just, it just, I don't know what happened. It just was playing different clips from SoundCloud. And at first I thought it was like a really interesting editing technique. Uh, but yeah. then I was like, oh no, he's definitely talking to different people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> not me. I did not do that. That'd be cool though. Best of episode, you know. It was, it, it did a really interesting shuffle and it made me so curious, like what, what sparked in your mind that I was like, ah, yes, I will talk to my fellow creatives and record it and put it on the internet. Well, um, I guess I had started to listen to podcasts, you know, this was around 2012, 2013, and, um, you know, people were starting to have these sort of like conversation podcasts, and I was, I, I was, 
drawn in, you know, I was very into them. And um, I just felt like, gosh, this, this sounds so fun. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> it sounds fun to like, just talk to people that you know, or you don't know um, and learn about them and sort of, you know, glean something about their experience that my, that I can sort of bring to my own experience in life. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's something about it just, just, just spoke to me and, and I just, I tried it and I, I really enjoyed it. I what just, about you? Do you like it? I nodded sagely. I was like, yeah, it surprised me how much I liked it. Um, it started on kind of a whim but it's been like, are you still interviewing people during this time? Because for me, at least, it's been surprisingly one of the best artistic outlets, which I would not have anticipated. I have not. I, the last episode I recorded was like March 13th, 2020. Oh. And that, you know, and we're even talking on the episode about like, you know, what is this fucking thing they're talking about? This shit, nah, nah. <laughs> and uh, here we go. So, yeah, I mean, you know, mine, part of the ethos, I guess, is like, I do everything in person. You know, The Wandering Wolf is the name of the podcast. So it's like about me traveling and meeting people where they're at. Yeah. But, you know, that said, I feel like it, it might be fun. I, I, I've done a few like this where on the other end, you know, where I'm on the other end Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic and I've enjoyed it. So maybe I will uh, get it back at some point like that, or maybe I'll start traveling, you know, between variants, you know, you get a little <laughs> nice little trip in between variants. Oh, our current dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> it's like get boosted, take a nap for a week. Yeah. Drive. Um, Did that knock you out? Oh my God. That was, I mean, it was weird. Cause for the other two, I did have more side effects and granted my arm was sore with the booster, but my main side effect from the booster was just like being dramatically unconscious. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's my regular life anyway, to some extent I, I get, I, I have fatigue, in uh... life. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, for me, I, see, I, I went the uh, the uh, alternative route and did the J and J initially ah. for for a very specific reason, uh, which I will go into. Fuck it. Uh, my my mom, you know, I don't know. My my parents are like you know more like conservative types. Mm -hmm. I don't think that even played into it. She's also deep into like holistic medicine and stuff so she oh. reads these like you know there, there there are some of these these like like um you know functional medicine gurus or whatever yes that, that she reads that are anti-vax oh. so that that kind of you know or, or it was just like the fear of the new kind of vaccine the mrna style vaccine so right. she was like i'm not doing it and I, I had to sort of give her an ultimatum i was like well i'm not going to hang out with you indoors yeah until you do it so finally she was like all right so I I, <laughs> yeah. I found a place and she was like I'm not going to do the mRNA ones but if you find a and J, will do it so anyway found a place and, and we went with my dad and we we all got the J&J &J. that knocked me out like, <laughs> like flu you know like bad flu for like three days real bad bed bed ridden for three you know and then the the booster that I got 
I went rogue. I did. I didn't. I wait. I didn't wait till it was legal or whatever. I got. I was just like, I'm, because I get. Me. <laughs> so fucking nervous. So I was like, I'm going to get this Pfizer. I don't even care. I just read some stuff, and I knew in other countries they had been mixing and matching. So I was like, ah, it's fine. So I went and got the Pfizer, and it was pretty mellow. I didn't get sick at all. Like you know, I was tired, but and my like arm was sore and then my lymph node like my like breast lymph node was yes. sore for like a week but yes. you know whatever that happened to me too I went to like a few days after all three of them like my lymph nodes were swollen but it was funny because I went to a friend's holiday gathering that was literally you had to present and it was limited to 20 people all in the guest list and you had to present your vax card with your booster yeah. and a negative pcr test within 48 hours so wow yeah. that's a lot yeah that's like that's yeah. like some like mouth fucking type type level of uh yeah. of yeah security it was i mean this is a wonderful friend of mine and he, he usually throws two parties annually. And one of them is like, he usually has a holiday party. And so he's just very stringent about it. We all know each other. So we were all willing to like, you know, obviously go along. Cause we're just like, of course we want to keep each other safe and we want to be able to do this. But it was so funny because same thing, like my lymph nodes were swollen. And so I couldn't wear like half my clothes correctly because that's how swollen my lymph nodes were it was like yeah. three days out from the booster it was so funny because I was wearing this one dress and my friends are like you look fabulous <laughs> there was no way to be like um it's because my immune system is going so berserk because it's processing the booster that I literally cannot wear half my clothing because my lymph nodes are swollen <laughs> what was that what just that just that the dress was something you wouldn't normally necessarily wear it was, yeah, I guess I was wearing like, cause I had to wear something that was like, I guess a little either like more revealing or looser on top or something right. like, cause I couldn't wear like, like most of my clothes, it was uncomfortable, like under my arms. Right. And so I couldn't wear something that was more constrictive there. It hurt. Um, yeah. so it was just so funny. Everyone's like, oh my God, you look so ethereal and beautiful. And I was just like, thanks. It's the, uh, it's my lymph nodes. <laughs> of course. Of course. I was, you know, the way that I am, you don't know me yet, but you know, I'm like, oh, I have cancer. This is it. Yeah, exactly. this is it. And, it's the know. call of death. <laughs> yeah. But I, then I was like, oh, wait a second. I got that shot. And, but, you know, I deduced. Oh, my God. Well, and it's, it's fascinating talking to people through this time because of like what you were talking about, like, like, you know, that your mom's into functional medicine and things like that. I personally am kind of a gimme all of it. Like I'm an all of the above. I will take yeah, in yeah. any information to see like, is there something I can glean from this? Um, but I'm an equal opportunist in that if there is useful information, great. I'm just like, great. Give me all the functional medicine and give me all the mRNA vaccines. Like give totally. it all there's like benefit. in, in like, No, I, I'm, I'm very, I don't mean to, to make it sound like I'm anti what my mom's into. I'm actually very into that stuff. I, I just... I, I feel like I'm able to tease out some of the stuff that's a little bit hocus pocus. And then, yes. you know, yeah. So that's it. Yes. I think when it becomes dogmatic, that's when you're just like, Oh, yeah. this is a yikes. Yeah. Um, I do feel fortunate that like, it's funny when people are like, Oh, did you do your research? And I was just like, yeah, I actually was reading about how they were developing the MRNA vaccines after the initial SARS outbreak. So they've actually been working on it for mm -hmm. over a decade. Right. Exactly. I guess, I guess that, this is the first time it's gone to the public or something. Yeah, this was the first time they were like, oh shit, we need to use it. Because apparently Moderna actually had figured it out a few years ago, but everyone was like, well, why would we need that vaccine? Like, there's no reason for it. 
Right, right. <laughs> and now they're like, big reason, big reason. Give us that thing, that thing that you did a few years ago. We need that thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, the other thing about my mom that I do respect is that, you know, she's very skeptical of these companies, which which I am too, uh, you know. So I get that. She's like, yeah, they just want to fucking... Am I allowed to cuss on here? I feel like I've Completely. said five times. <laughs> cuss with reckless abandon. Okay, okay. You know, so like, you know, they 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 profit majorly off of this stuff. I mean, think about it. You know, the whole world needs these things. So, you know, so I, I do understand that, and I I understand her skepticism there. You know, um, but I'm also scared as shit of this virus so i i gotta do what i gotta do i hope she gets boosted she's not my dad got boosted um you know he's he's a little more frail than her so she'll probably be okay that's yeah that's been it was interesting that you were talking about like traveling between variants essentially i mean because of exactly that problem of it being a capitalist endeavor to distribute these vaccines that is why we're seeing more variants it's like no you need to give the vaccine to uh, everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make it available to everybody that gives the virus less chance of host to mutate and that's 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 how this works <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> like, I actually think it's kind of messed up for for corporations to profit off of any of this in yes, my, you know, I agree. I, I'm I, like, yeah i completely agree that's because yeah it then ends up in in the mess we're in now where there's vaccines that are being wasted in countries that bought a lot of them where some people are refusing to take them, which I'm like, okay. But then it's like, instead of being like, cool, let's get those to places where people want to take them. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, the distribution of resource is um, <clears throat> is not good. You know, this is something like an alien invasion or whatever, where you, you want the whole world to sort of rally in a way and sort of come together and be like, all right, you know, Get, let's get the top minds of the whole world together and figure out how to like best, you know, I yes. just it's been so piecemeal and, and sort of, you know, I don't want to say self-centered, but country, country centered, you know, like yes. we're nationalistic, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. It's not been a great approach anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting what you said about how you go to different places to see people in those places. Like I was thinking about it from that point of view and even like how you said, oh, we must have had very different experiences that there was a headmistress at my preschool. Um, that, yeah, when people tap into a sense of like either, I mean, in some ways it's natural to have like tribalism or nat- uh, nationalism kind of thing. But yeah. In some ways, that's really good because then you get to visit different places and like learn about different people. But in some ways, it's bad because it alienates you from being like, "Oh yeah, we're we're all just trying to figure it out on this weird little rock in space together." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious when you said like that you did stop like and you might travel to other places to actually talk to people. What is the appeal of being in someone's space? Like, what's the appeal of the wandering part? I guess like what does that do for you? Well, I mean, you know, just just sort of. Uh, logistically it, it it I started doing it while I was on tour you know like uh at, you know I'm a musician as well and um I, you know I sort of took it as a thing a, a, sort of a creative endeavor I could I could realistically undertake while I was traveling around you know I, mm-hmm. I was there's always so much time in the day that you waste but there's weird gaps in the day it's like you know you, I couldn't really 
settle in and like write really, you know, I just, I'm not in that mental space, but I feel like, yeah, I can go somewhere and have a conversation with somebody. So it started like that. And really that's what it always was. I never really went out on specific trips, maybe once, but not much did I go out on specific trips to like, you know, talk to a specific person or whatever. It was more like, okay, well, you know, I'm in Santa Fe. I'm going to talk to my friend Adam or I'm in, you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, but, but to answer your question, like, I mean, it's night and day. Like, I'm, I mean, just, just sort of physically being with somebody, you know, I think makes a, a, a big difference. You can look in their eyes and see what they're thinking and, um but also yeah being in their environment you, you sort of catch the vibe of the place yeah. I don't know if that you know I don't know if that that commits to tape or not but um I don't know at least from my experience I, I enjoy that and I like that you pointed out that when you're on tour it always confuses me when people are like oh yeah I was writing while I was on tour I'm like how yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you and me both yeah I'm just like hmm? Like I have not extensively toured. I'm frankly more of a studio rat. Um, but like, well, me I, too. Now, <laughs> I was curious about that too. What it's been like that? I'm just like, oh, if you're usually touring, you'll never able to do that. I was just like, I should ask about that shift. Yeah. Um, like, but yeah, when people are able to kind of, I don't know how to put it, but like bifurcate their energy in that way, I I can't do that. Um, and so I like that you did want to have a creative outlet while you were doing that though. And I'm just like, oh, that's fascinating that you're like, well, I don't want to do my usual writing thing because can't get into the headspace for that. And that's okay. But like, what else is there? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I I thought, you know, it, it would sort of force me also sort of outside of, of my own, like, um, you know, thing, my, my, my sort of self, I don't know, not. I don't know what you call it, but, you know, just my little shell that I'm in yeah. and I can, I, you know, go, go and, and meet with people, some that I don't even know and, and, and sort of put myself out there and meet new people and, and, and get really get in depth with people that I know a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. And it did, it did do that, you know? I was going to say, like, did you find that it fostered, I guess, like, either longer term connections or did it spark ideas in you later that you were like, Oh, that came from that conversation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, whether stuff, you know, shows up in my writing or, 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 or in my like routines um, or like my spirituality stuff, you know, meditation and whatnot. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. When you asked me like, you know, what do you like about it? It was, you know, it was one of those things I actually genuinely, uh, didn't listen to podcasts before I started podcasting. <laughs> I, <laughs> I say that quietly. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, like it just, I had listened to a few here and there and been like, oh, that's interesting. But it never like, it never like kind of like hooked me in a way. Yeah. Um, but engaging in conversations with people certainly has changed how I perceive like my own creative process same thing with meditation weirdly enough um I'm just like that's a really interesting one um and just like it changed my own processes in a way that I didn't anticipate at all and that I'm like so grateful for (laughs) (laughs) totally what's your like uh 
what kind of music thing do you do? Can I, if I may ask? Of course. Um, I, someone called me a space witch years ago and I just love that. Um, someone also jokingly was just like, wow, you're like the millennial Enya. And I was like, I claim this is mine. I claim this. (laughs) (laughs) So like layered vocals and lots of fun, like synths and piano and like, cause piano was my initial instrument as a kid that I kept playing and just like, so I write mainly on that, but it's like anything with, with buttons and, and keys that I can sing into, or, you know, like plug cables into and go boop. Um, yeah, that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I get to feel a little bit. Yes. And I'll, I'll make my own stuff and I'll, I'll score for friends works, which is really fun. I actually like, that was another thing that surprised me over this time. I really like making music for people's stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, good. You gave me the emotion. I just have to make the sounds for the emotion. Cool. <laughs> what, what sort of stuff are we talking about? Like dance stuff, theater stuff, uh, shows? Uh, my, my favorite things over this time were that I drew, I drew sigils and gave one of the sigils to one of my friends. And she, she made like a video animation of it with all this like really interesting, like analog glitch. And so I made like the music for that. And Mm -hmm. now I'm actually collaborating on sigils with other people, which is really fun. And then um, another friend of mine performs as a feminist golem that's out for social justice. And I've been scoring the music for her as well, which is really interesting because I get to delve into kind of like Klezmer music and really interesting stuff that like I hadn't before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like an interesting challenge of like, how do I make this sound modern but also match like the kind of humorous and yet serious vibe um so yeah those those were my two faves so far um a a sigil I feel like is some version of a like a like a Wiccan crest yeah like (laughs) (laughs) the familiar word but I don't exactly know what it is so a sigil is essentially when you write out an intention or a phrase or a word or something that you want to bring into being. And then the way that I do it, at least, is I cross out any vowels or repeated letters, and then you have the remaining letters and you start playing with them. You make a symbol with them like you you just manipulate it until it feels right. Um, and then you can do whatever you want with your sigil to to bring it out like some people will you know some people will write it on a piece of paper and do a ritual and burn it some people will keep the sigil with them for like an ongoing kind of you know like power boost some people you know will write it on something and then bury that like you can do whatever you want to kind of activate your sigil um Mm -hmm. but it's about like kind of having a symbol of your intention and so the ones that I'm doing since I'm not destroying them to activate them are for very like broad intentions um so like if you want to do a sigil spell for something that's specific, that's usually when you would want to, you know, set that specific intention, do your ritual, set it free, let it live in your unconscious. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for, for the sigil work, it's for stuff like, like kindness in your life and like abundance, like things like that, that are a little more like, here's a broad theme. Um, so yeah. I like it. I like it. Now, now I must say in my, uh, you know, my, my root uh religion etc that i grew up with uh this would be satanism this would be considered evil evil stuff but uh you know it sounds really nice to me i love that i love that you're like it sounds like satanism but but pleasant (laughs) (laughs) what uh what may i ask is your root religion messianic judaism 
it, it was maybe still is probably still is quite quite aligned with the whole evangelical movement um you know in the in the u.s and those sorts of judgments that that uh, might come forth from from there and, and good things too i'm sure that is fascinating. I was raised very, very reformed Jewish, and I was always deeply confused by Messianic Jews. Like, I wasn't like hostile. I was more just kind of like, what's going on there? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's its own thing for sure. Um, you know, my, my extended family are, are you know, more uh, reformed. Uh, it's just my parents that shifted into the messianic thing in the in the uh, early seventies. Huh. Uh, yeah, and and we grew up that way, but none of my siblings uh, have remained in in the faith. Mm. So it's sort of a blip in our in our uh, genealogy, I guess. Um, though there's still time for me to accept the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into my heart before I pass. So we'll see. There's no telling. I mean, I agree. Oh no, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. He was he was great. Um, it's the stuff that that I don't like about about the religion in general and the Christianity in general is the the sort of anglophiling and and adding a whole new set of of uh, values and and ideas that that uh, weren't there in the first place with the Jewish religion that it really was right so yeah uh, yeah it's a strange thing it's a weird cultural appropriated thing that has you know taken over half the world you know um and islam did the same thing you know uh for their half of the world you know it's like a weird weird uh conquering of the world via these religions have you uh this just got so nerdy have you read the history of god by karen armstrong by chance no i haven't <gasps> good yes and it's it's all about what you're talking about like the rise okay. of monotheism but like the abrahamic tradition of monotheism of going from like zoroastrianism to judaism to christianity yeah. to islam and how they are all kind of forked off the same things um yeah. but yeah it's that conquering mentality that like is confusing to me um <laughs> like, yeah, big time that goes against really <laughs> the tenets of, of at least Christianity. I, I don't know Islam as well. I've never read the Quran, but, um, you know, I would guess it goes against that as well. You know, it's a weird, um, yeah, weird thing. Yeah. It kind of goes back to the dogmatism thing of like, if you, if you take any idea to its extreme, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and also, I mean, there's also stuff in those good books that that yes. you know, make make your hair raise. You know, you're like, what the, you know, what? <laughs> I had this, this argument. I got in this fight with my mom about uh, uh, Jericho. You know, the town. Mm -hmm. that, uh, Joshua, right? Was the was the uh, you know the the guy leading leading the after after Moses and Aaron passed away. You know, Joshua's leading leading the Israelites uh, out of out of Egypt, and now they're they're close to uh, cl close to modern day Israel. You know, uh, maybe uh, uh, you know the Red Sea or whatever that sea is there. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
you know, they, they come upon this, this town and God, God tells uh, Joshua to just, just, just fucking kill everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. you're just like them all. take the town for yourself and, you know, take some of the women, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a problem with that. And my mom's like, you know, well, you just don't understand it or whatever. You know, we just got in this fight. Oh but, my but yeah, so so you know, it's not like you know, it's not like we go back to this old stuff. And you're like, oh, this is the pure text, and this is all good. You know, same as the Constitution is whatever. Like, nothing's a fucking pure text. Like, everyone writing anything has has their own uh, uh, point of view and outlook and, and intention for what they're writing. And so, you know, I don't, I you know, I, unless you think it's purely from the hand of God, and then that's a problem in and of itself because then then no one can argue with it and then it becomes this you know then you use violence to back it up you know and that's it's so interesting that you say that because if it is like from the hand of god and i'm like okay then by that tenant then all of this is from the hand of god um all is (laughs) and so i'm like okay if you're gonna go with that then all of it has to be but they're in conflict and so therefore wouldn't it be that we're supposed to debate it because we're god's creatures and like i remember i presented that argument to someone and they were like "Mm." (laughs) yeah like sorry just out logic you um but in a way we are the hand of god you know we're the we're the we're the consciousness of god when think about it like that or i mean you know i'm getting now i'm getting into territory where i might get struck down but uh you know what i mean you know we're, we're the universe's consciousness and therefore Yes. It's like, if we're the ones that are interpreting this and we are the ones that were created in God's image, like it actually is up to us. If this is all God's word to sort through it, that, that if you're following along as, as that being the rule, like that is what follows from that rule. And it's, it's fascinating to me even, you know, discussing spirituality and religion with people, because like, yet again, like when you were talking about, we should all be working together on this whole uh, variant thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, same thing where it's like an essence i feel at least like people turn to spirituality and religion because they do want to be connected and they do want to sort things out together and it's very strange to me that it then turns into an us versus them thing when it started as like a us all together thing mm-hmm. yeah absolutely like yeah I always found that very interesting. And like, I was curious when you've talked to other guests, like, have you talked to other people about like their spirituality and religion a lot? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I try to ask stuff in in that direction and see if that's something that they consider much or not. You know, those are my favorite uh, episodes are the ones that sort of go into those territories. You know, the ones that stay strictly like, you know, somebody's like biography you know of their career or something are less interesting to me you know yeah I I feel similarly it's almost like okay yes one could go through the details of yeah details of your life I was texting with a with my best friend about how in a way like we've all become really available and as she put it she's like I don't need to know about like any man's egg sandwich yeah (laughs) (laughs) And I told her, I was like, I only want to know about your egg sandwich. <laughs> that's but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you can, you can look these things up nowadays, you know, I mean, certainly, you know, in the, in the eighties, nineties, you know, when I was growing up, I, I would have killed to hear the, the like detailed biography of certain artists or something, but 
yeah, it's not really necessary anymore. Did you read interviews of artists like when I was, I think that we're probably around the same age because I was just like, ah, oh, are you in, are you in the Oregon Trail generation as well? I guess you'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that weird, like cuspy, like early millennial, but we're not Gen X-y. Um, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the first year of millennial, I think. Got it. Yeah. I'm, I'm the ET year of millennial, I think. You um, were born in 84 or something like that I was I was in 82 82 that's my sister's age cool hey there we go (laughs) um yeah it's like I remember reading just pouring over articles of my favorite artists like looking almost to find like the details of their life to explain their art but that doesn't explain people's art (laughs) yeah yeah some yeah you better to just I think get right into it I don't know yeah. Like, have you interviewed anybody that like you in a way, I guess, like looked up to in that way or that you were curious about in that way? In in which way? They're, 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 uh, the, about their ideas for their art, you mean? Or yeah, like in the previously, like, oh, I would have read an article about you in Rolling Stone and like tried to figure out your egg sandwich, but now I get taxed. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I guess. I guess the Lord interview, I interviewed Lord, the, the pop. And I, that one, I did feel like just sort of wanted to know like where her head is at, but not necessarily her egg sandwich as such. Um, Trying to think back. It's been so long um, to, to ones like that. I don't know. I mean, I guess I was pretty like uh, the Mark Maron one, you know, I Mm -hmm. felt like, he was such an influence on my, on my reason for podcasting. He was one of the big ones that I got into, you know, and, and I sort of, I don't know, I still didn't really, I already knew his whole personal history because he kind of lays it out there in his podcast. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, there was no, no one, I guess that, that I've been that precious about that because, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of past that now that we're, you know, we've got the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. The internet is such an interesting experiment to me. Like, what's your relationship, I guess, with social media, especially, I mean, during the time of this? Um, I was like, during the pen dolce. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> I find that people's relationships to their identity and to social media in general have been shifting a lot because of the circumstance. Yeah, I, I have, I feel like, it's it's a it's a strange thing for me that I feel like is ruining my life <laughs> and and not only my life but it is really shifting the way that we live at least the way that I live um and the pandemic of course the pan dulce has really exacerbated that like this you know mm-hmm. because you know, I'm, I, I sort of was solitary somewhat to some extent before the pandemic. The pandemic has really put me into that very solitary zone. I'm like scared to reach out to friends. I don't really know how to do that anymore. But I, I, I do have this this 
so I'm getting very vulnerable right now, but this is just how it is. You know, I, I have this strong desire to connect, uh, but I'm also sort of, um, I, I'm just going to say afraid because I don't, I don't really know exactly what the emotion is to, to, to reach out in, in real life and say, okay, well, let's go hang out. You know, I, I, I hang out with a couple people, mostly just my sister and my brother when he's in town. Um, you know, and then my sister-in-law a bit and my ex a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and one other guy that I take dog walks with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty much it. So yeah, I, but I, all throughout the day, I have this like desire, you know, to connect yeah. and I pick up the phone and I look at that stuff mm-hmm. and it does not have the same effect. Mm-hmm. as taking that dog walk with my friend, you know, and coming off of that and feeling a little bit rejuvenated or something. Right. Um, it, it has the opposite effect. Uh, it drags me down um, and get, gives me comparison mind and, right. you know, all that stuff that I, I think is, is detrimental to, to my health, mental and physical. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm but glad. I'm very addicted, be, probably because of that. You know, because the same reason why people self-medicate with with alcohol or weed or whatever, and you get addicted, you know, it comes from a necessary place, you know, but it's something that has now taken over and controls you. And I feel like social media has done that to me. I downloaded dating apps, not to, I'm like going on, but a couple of days ago, just to like see what it is. And it's so addictive. You, it's yeah. like, same as like a video game, the, you know, where, you, you know, it's like, What's the next one coming up? What's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? You know, and so any of that stuff, I, I'm personally just highly susceptible to uh, digital addiction or phone addiction or internet addiction or whatever you call that at this point. Hopefully I can break out of that. I was supposed to have my therapy yesterday and I was going to really focus on that, but she canceled, but I'll talk to her next week. I was going to say, I was just like, one therapists are awesome and I'm biased because I'm a therapist but (laughs) it was very sweet when you're like I'm getting really vulnerable I'm like welcome welcome (laughs) (laughs) this is this is this is what we do um no it's cute because one of my friends asked they were like did you always know you wanted to be a therapist I was like no I kind of just became one because people just tell me stuff anyway so I figured I'd be of use like I was just like why not why not like this seems to just be my lane um and so it's like (laughs) but it you know I think in some parts it is my lane because I'm glad that you shared that I think that a lot of people are ashamed that they feel that way and want to hide that and are like am I the only one that does this like why am I not actually getting connection from this but I'm glad that you spoke to that Um, I don't I don't want to uh I'm very ashamed of it I just have this thing in me where when I feel ashamed I want to share stuff because I know everyone else feels the same way. So I'm just like, yeah. let's, let's have out with it. That is what actually dispels shame. Like Brene Brown's research on shame shows that it's like the best way to actually uh, diminish shame and then move forward from whatever the thing is, is to share about it because it's different than guilt. Guilt is when like you've done something wrong and you feel like the action was kind of meh. Uh, but shame is when you feel like you're wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And when you share about that and people accept you, it actually ameliorates those feelings. And so then you can move forward and choose different actions. Good. That's I, I guess I came to that 
since I'm not a reader, uh, I came to it <laughs> on my own. But yeah, I could, it could have been years prior if I would have read her book. Oh my God. Brene Brown is amazing. She also does talks. Like she, she does like Ted talks and podcasts. Like since you're into podcasts, I was like, Oh my God, Brene Brown, like, Oh, I would love to chat with both like her and Esther Perel. Like they're just amazing. Um, I've heard both of them on, on a couple things. Yeah. They just love them. Um, but what you were talking about that anxiety of connection, especially when you had said that you'd been on tour, like, and then you weren't on tour. One (laughs) One of the things that my shower speaker decided to DJ to me uh, was a clip of you talking about that, like when you're on tour, you're used to like, you know, once a night and around the same time, there's like a whole bunch of people like clapping mm-hmm. for you and connecting with you and like that you're in this space of like, okay, cool, here's my people. And then when you're not on tour, like there is that weird liminal space for a few days where you're like, do where'd my people go? Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, oh my God, you just were in like, kind of like two years of like, a, where'd my people go? Yep. Um, like I could completely understand why you'd be, you know, <laughs> on your phone being like, are you my people? It's like that book from when you were a kid. Like, are you my mommy of like a baby bird? Yeah. And it's mom. And it's like, no, I'm a tractor. Um, <laughs> that's social media. It's the tractor. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's sad because I, <laughs> I agree with you that it's like social media and to an extent, unless you're using dating apps with the clear intent of meeting someone, it does become this like diminishing return, dopamine seeking kind of behavior that then just makes you feel bleh. Look, if, 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 if I would match with anybody, I I would be seeking someone, but I, I am not, I, I have a special power in, in my real life and it's called being a tiny bit famous and being a, a musician that has some records that people like. Right. Without that, you know, I I am five foot seven. You know, I'm I'm a little bit handsome, but not strikingly handsome. <laughs> and I do not do well, at least in the Midwest. I do not do well on these apps. I did do better ten years ago when. They first came out in uh, California. I did a little bit better, but you know, it. it uh, this is not my lane, and uh, you know, probably I, I should quit. But but I now I'm addicted. <laughs> so I, I was like, now it's addictive. Like one, yeah. it was my intuition when you said that, I was like, just come to California. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. I met. I matched with. I met. Well, I matched with three people. I've been on t- one of the apps for like three days. I matched with three people. Um, two of them were scams. <laughs> and, the <laughs> other, and the other one was in an open relationship. Um, super nice. I really like liked her, like her, whatever. She's super chill, but like, um, you know, that's not like a, a future for me. Um, and, you know, I don't even know if that's... Anyway, so yeah, it, it, it hasn't worked out. So, but that's Aww. fine. That's fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. I have like, uh, I'm fine. This is fine. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, look, I, I just need to, the bottom line is I need to, uh, just strike up the courage to sort of get out there a little more, uh, again, you know what I mean? Start traveling more, seeing people being, you know, just, just getting out there a bit. 
Well, yeah, it's like once you break the seal, especially because it sounded like you were so connected to people before between touring and podcasting and things like that, like those are all very connected activities (laughs) (laughs) Um, that without that, you know, I can understand why you sought out that in your phone. And then we're like, wait, this isn't doing the same thing. Ah, crap. I'm addicted. And and the apps are designed to be addictive. Like that's the thing is that people people get embarrassed talking about it, but it's like, they're designed for that. They're, they are made to make you feel that way. Um, And so it's horrible. Um, And we prosecute the, the uh, inventors uh, of, uh, you know, whatever that opioid is, I can't remember the name of it, oh, but fentanyl? yeah, or, uh, uh Oxy, Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Yeah. yeah, that's like, we, you know, the, those people had to pay like, I don't know, a billion some dollars in fines, you know, but the, the, the makers of these apps, they're just getting stinking rich, but it's, it has a, you know, similar effect. Obviously people aren't acutely dying from these apps, but I think their souls are dying or they're, you know, like it kind of like kills your, your, your life in a way, your real life, you know? I mean, I would say that like, obviously, like I said, I'm biased, but like, I do rank like physical and mental health on the same level. I mean, they're an integrated system. So if one is suffering, like the other is going to suffer. Like, that's the thing is like, I, you know, it's a cliche analogy, but it's like, you wouldn't ask someone to like run a marathon on a broken leg. It's like the same thing. If someone has like a mental health thing going on, like it's going to have the same kind of effect as like a physical health thing. Um, yeah. And so I totally agree with you. Like I was reading an article that the guy who he accidentally invented infinite scroll, he worked at Twitter and they were redesigning kind of like the buttons on the app and they didn't have enough room for a like move down button basically like mm-hmm. they, they were figuring out like which buttons were like the the key ones that you really needed and he was like well wait like what if you just like swipe your finger up and that's and that's what'll make it scroll um but yeah he quite accidentally created infinite scroll which now is on like obviously like all of the apps um and is one of the things that makes it so addictive is that you're always looking for like because when you first hop on it, you might see like an interesting post, but then you start scrolling. So you can have that same feeling of, oh, there's an interesting thing here. And that's what leads to the addiction is like the next swipe or the next like, or the next thing, because right when you open it, you get a little bit of the thing, but then you, you want more. And I was just like, and that guy even said, he's just like, I feel terrible. Like he was just like, I've created a monster. Look, he's got his infinite scrolls. You got your sigils. We're all going to hell for one reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny i was just like hell handbasket where are we going it's dark in here <laughs> like, uh, but yeah no it, it, yeah it is it is uh it's smart but it's fucked up it's so yeah. weird and it's like thinking about you know how important connection is i was curious like have you felt connected to your own creativity during this time like what has this been like in in kind of that realm well, so for a while I was way off, I was way thrown off, you know, and wasn't really able to do much. Um, but I did have a record I was producing for another artist. So mm-hmm. that sort of kept me working and, and was good because, you know, I didn't sort of have to come up with my own ideas, you know, for songs and stuff. I just helped 
you know, make what she was doing as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And then, you know, I, I started to panic a bit and think like, all right, well, I'm going to need to make some money. And so I did some commercial work, music for mm-hmm. commercials, mm-hmm. Um, which I actually really enjoy. And uh, if anybody out there wants to hire me, I'm, I'm available. I was uh, like, yes, you should hire Yoni. <laughs> And yeah, I saw some success with that. But uh, now I have pivoted into doing a a thing. It's a subscription series that sort of keeps me working. It keeps me focused. Um, You know, it it is a little bit of extra pocket change. And it gives my like dedicated fans, you know, it gives them a glimpse into my process of writing and and making demos and you know that whole that whole process of getting ready to to make an album um is sort of like uh available for them to to witness so yeah that's been that's been good and and it it really has you know kept me you know in a way I, i at times i feel like i'm i'm back on my heels or whatever with it like i gotta really keep pushing but um i think that's good ultimately you know to 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 have that how does that feel to like allow people to see that and to have that kind of connection? Because sometimes like when you're demoing stuff out, like sometimes stuff like works and sometimes it like doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really vulnerable to share with people. It really is. And and I vacillate between, you know, feeling like, okay, well, this is good. Like, you know, I'm connecting in this early way and, and you know, sort of just sharing this and then I panic, you know, and I'm like, well, this is like, really, like, I shouldn't be putting this stuff out there like that. And, but I don't know, ultimately, you know, I, I've, I've made it clear that, you know, not everything is necessarily going to go on an album and you may be the only people to hear this and, you know, stuff like that. And I think people like that, you know, they, they, these people specific, you know, these are, these are people that really like what I do yeah, and are invested in, in, you know, in, in my thing. and. um you know, so for them, it's a treat, you know, to hear a dud, you know, um, and there, yes. there would be duds, you know, uh, like the movie name. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Yeah. I love that you said that because I think that, you know, thinking about like the egg sandwich, um, we end up seeing usually the end result of people's mm-hmm. stuff. And like you were talking about kind of that like comparison mindset where we see what people like choose to put out. And usually that's with purpose though. Sometimes it's not. Some people will just be like, here's the thing fling. Um, But for the most part, we see what would be considered like an end result and we don't get to see so much someone's process. And so we might unfairly compare ourselves to others and be like, well, why can't I do that thing? Um, But what you don't often see is the person going like, is it this thing? No. How about this thing? No. What about this way? Question mark. um absolutely absolutely and i just i just actually listened to uh, a podcast uh while i was working on a drawing today about um imposter syndrome yes professor didn't didn't want to call it imposter syndrome but imposter phenomenon and you know it they brought that up there was a clip of um this actress and her name is eluding me right now, but, um, talking and, you know, 
they were they were talking about her and they were saying, well, you know, she had you know, she has imposter syndrome sometimes and people can't understand that. But the fact is, we only witness you know, we only see the scene as it as it's edited and, you know, the takes that that the the director chose to use and all that stuff. She knows that she can't always do it great. You know what I mean? There there are days where where she can't act as well. And and, um, you know, that's true for any of us in 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 creative fields. And I guess probably any field, you know, where you have off days and and, uh, you know, especially social media thing. I mean, this is something that people have talked about a ton, so I don't want to, you know, belabor it, but, but just, you know, that, you know, we witness sort of the curated approach right. uh, that, that people have to their lives as opposed to all the nitty gritty stuff. But yeah, my people are, are, are witnessing a little bit of the nitty gritty. I mean, you know, there, there are still within what I'm revealing to, 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 to these subscribers, like, you know, there are still many things that they won't witness, you know, that right. are won't turn into something that's as developed as the things that they encounter. Yeah. And like when you were talking about the difference between going on your dog walks and then like the connection that you end up not finding really in social media, I think some of it is that nitty grittiness and that like, oh, I didn't do that so wellness. Like, I think that there's value in that. Like, I, I love... I don't know what to call it other than like when I'm in a relationship with someone, like I, <laughs> I called it at one point, like the first disaster baby day where it's like, you actually see that person's flaws or that person, like that yeah. person reacts poorly to something basically. And you're like, Oh, I get to see the disaster baby side of you. Cause we all have that side in us where like, we all at some point react to something badly or kind of fail at something or mess up. Like not that you do it with ill intent, obviously, but it's like at some point everyone just does a big oops. Um, and I, I always find that so valuable because also it means that that person is vulnerable with me and that I can be vulnerable with them. I'm like, oh, good. You can see my disaster baby side. This is good. Like, <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm 75 percent disaster baby. <laughs> I think the people on the on the dating apps can smell it uh, from, from a mile away. Uh, but yeah, it's it definitely is a thing, and it it's hard. Those are those are tough situations. I the, my last partner, we got we were in Spain on this beautiful vacation, and we got in this huge row about um. Pick, I, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> sorry. I bought these these carrots, like pickled carrots. <laughs> from from the uh the grocery store and it was just this huge fight she's like you know you know i hate mushy carrots and like you know it just was turning this huge thing i ended up like throwing the the you know the unopened jar into the trash and you know oh my God. so yeah that was our first like big uh disaster baby yes yeah, you're right. Every 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 time you you get intimate with someone, whether it's a romantic thing or whether it's you know working, you know the last artist that I produced, like we had two days where it was like, you know, I'm like I'm like you hate every suggestion I have. Yeah. You know, like, it, this is my record, and I I want to make you know like it just yeah. It, 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 there's always that. It always happens. Yep. 
Yep. And like, those are some of the most valuable interactions. <laughs> if, you, if you, if you come off of it in the right way, it makes you way closer. Yes. Yes. Like I find it fascinating when, you know, basically if couples come into therapy or if an individual comes into therapy and states that there and states that they never have conflict with people in their lives, I'm like, either you don't care about the people in your life or you're a people pleaser. I was just like, because I can't stand that. Yeah. I'm like, conflict is natural. It's about what do you do with conflict? (laughs) I mean, I don't want, you know, drama is a whole nother thing. When when somebody's addicted to drama and like every time you spend time with them there, you know, it's like this negative or, or, you know, confrontational thing. That's bad. But if, if it's just completely like, if someone never, you know, anyone knows, now anyone who's sensitive, you know, um, and somewhat, I don't know, empathic or whatever, you know, you know, when someone isn't really showing themselves to you and it just makes you feel distant from them. So yes. yeah, the, the people pleaser thing doesn't, doesn't, uh, I don't like it. No. And, and I, I mean, I admit, I sometimes have that tendency because I want everyone to be happy. Um, and part of that is like one, I, I mean, I like it when people are happy, but it's also for my own protection clearly. And so I have to remember like, wait, I don't like it when people do this to me. So like, I shouldn't do that to other people. There's a time for it. You know I mean? There's a time to like, to, to not like want to have friction and just be like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, when it's like, yeah. but like, yeah, I guess it's more like as, a, an ingrained always personality trait that, you know, I, I mean, and think of their suffering beneath that you know i mean that's that's what i i can't stand when when you know i feel like i'm i'm in a relationship with someone in any kind of you know whether it's romantic or otherwise mm-hmm. you know and and i feel like someone is upset but won't say it i just it's uh, just, yeah yeah like yeah that noise Um, I feel that way as well. And that's, it's been fascinating doing podcasting for that reason as well, because it in a way is kind of like therapy sessions where it's like, you're tuning into that. And I found that, I don't know if you found this, but it's interesting when a guest either disagrees with you or has, um, like a variation on your opinion. And it's very fascinating to me, at least to hear someone pause and be like, how do we move the conversation forward? Like that to me has been one of the most illuminating things about this is talking to people who have like, I don't think I've talked to anybody who like wildly disagreed with me, but definitely with people that like, we clearly have different backgrounds or we come from different points of view and hearing how people navigate that to me is so interesting. I never curtsied to no fucking headmaster. You know what I mean? It's because they're not royalty. My mom, by the my poor mom, she thought that that was the most hilarious thing ever, and like couldn't laugh. Um, I was like five at the time, and she she couldn't like say to like the school administrator, like, "Well, yeah, I agree with my daughter. This is pretty stupid." <laughs> like, I mean, you knew you knew the uh, you knew the royal etiquette. It sounds like you know. <gasps> Pretty much. I was just like, so I don't get why you need this. I, I can only imagine how funny that must have been to get that call, like on, yeah. on my mom's part to be like, yeah, your daughter's in the principal's office. Why? She wouldn't curtsy. <laughs> That's just a weird, yeah. I don't like it. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, it's very interesting to. 
I guess, see how this all then informs like our creative processes going forward, because I frankly, like I've become friends with some of the people that I've met by podcasting and I never anticipated that, but it's like talking to people about their processes, like we've kept in touch and it's so cool to get to be like, oh, you come at this from a really different place and I can learn from that. And then it's informing what I'm making, which I'm just like, I did not see that coming. We love this for us. Yeah, no, I think that's, that is one of the the wonderful things about it for sure, is you're having an in-depth combo that you wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. And and it is, yeah, I, I've, I've also made friends that way for sure. That makes me happy. It was, uh, I think, Oh yeah. It was Shirley Manson. When I was interviewing her, she said, she's just like, do you fall in love with every podcast guest? And I was just like, yeah. Like why else would you be talking to someone? And she's just like, my husband after every interview is just like, have I lost you? Have I lost you? <laughs> <That's> like- <laughs> uh-huh. She feels that same way. Are you are you saying your husband? No, her husband. Her um, husband. Yeah, yeah, she said that her husband felt that way. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I feel the same way like about everyone I talked to. I'm like, oh my God, that was fascinating. Like, yeah. ah, and she was just like, does this happen to all of us? Like, is this like a podcast interview or affliction? It's just, na- it's just like a natural human thing. It's like, we, we, we desire this real, you know, person to person dialogue and, and to have some real talk. I think the whole, the thing about a podcast is that, is that it sort of forces you past the small talk stuff that you normally would only get to with a stranger. Yes. Yes. That, I think that nails it. And when you were talking about connecting to friends, that might be one of the barriers of why, because other people said that to me too, about like, I want to reach out to people and I don't know how. And it's almost like, I mean, podcasting kind of skips you past that, but the circumstances that we've encountered socially because of the pandemic have also kind of like um, done away with the need for small talk. (laughs) It's like, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. It's like, we kind of already know how everybody's quote doing and it's not great. So like, we need to move on to like the next topics of conversation, but it's like, we don't quite know how to do that. Absolutely. Um. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I also just don't know. I don't know what to ask people to do. If I, you know, if I call a friend and I'm saying, Hey, let's do something. Then it's like, I can't even remember what people used to do. Like I went to one party, uh, you know, and it was on uh, Halloween party. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were eight people there, 10 right. people. Maybe. And, you know, I was the only person wearing a mask. So that was already a little nervous for me. Um, and I did not know how to act. I did not know I was, I, I was, I, I mean, already in the past, I've, I've, I have social anxiety, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I just felt I was like, all right, I'm going to just sit on this couch and pet this dog, you know, like I, I just had no idea how to, how to go. It's just too, too much. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And that, by the way, always find the dog at the party. That is like, yeah, that's me. The way. That's <laughs> I was just like, find the dog, find the bookshelf. If there's a bookshelf with a dog nearby, oh, we'd love this for us. Read you some some uh, Tolkien or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. I I would say I'm tactful, but I've done away with like the trying to hint at what's going on. And I'm just like, here's what's up. <laughs> like if I have the words, for it, I can tell you. <laughs> 
No, that's a good thing. I, I think that's very valuable to just to be straight up. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be mean, but yeah, but just just let someone know how it is. Yeah. And it actually, it made the interaction go much smoother. I mean, I did talk to my friend later in the party and then I messaged him the next day and was like, Hey, you mentioned this like media clip that you were trying to tell me about that. I like was just kind of short circuiting. And he was like, I completely forgot like what that was. He's like, but you were telling me about a media clip. And I was like, Oh yeah. And like, I ended up sending him like a funny thing. And he's like, wait, that reminds me of the thing that I wanted. And so it's like, we ended up then just like, you know, just having a text conversation that, yeah resolved what we were talking about but also he took zero offense to what I said because he knew that I said it so that I could pay attention as opposed to just standing there being like well my brain it is very much elsewhere (laughs) I think most people um you know I think most people don't get offended to directness I mean you know if it's tactful you know there are some people who who I think would nonetheless Right. But, I'm like, well, I guess you're not my people. That's okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm curious, like, what's what's next for you on the horizon? Like, you know, now that we can sort of boost and travel, I'm like, are you going to go and work on music with people? Are you going to go interview people? Are you going to go look at pretty rocks in New Mexico or something? I'm like, what, what do you want to do next? That all sounds amazing and all stuff that I've sort of thought about doing. Um, and I, I think I will at some point. I don't have, you know, specific um, travel plans at the moment yet, but I, I, I want to. I want to possibly drive around and visit different people in different places. Um, and I want to do an artist residency or two in places. If somebody's out there and has a cool one of those, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm your guy. Excellent. Uh, Open and, commercial work and artist residencies. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's as far as I can think right now. And then I'm, you know, I'm working on music towards an album most likely at mm-hmm. some point and yeah, that's it pretty much. I'm living month to month in that way, you know, where I'm yeah, getting my material out every month. Um and yeah, the travel thing is something that again, same thing. It's I feel a little bit paralyzed about making a move. Yeah. Although I know I have a lot of friends that are just like out and about and you know, like, "Oh, I'm going here in this next week or I'm going there, you know, I'm like, "Oh, cool." You know, yeah. I, <laughs> I, just <need laughs> to, I just need to do it you know? Well, that's, that's the whole thing about breaking the seal is it's like, not that then you become reckless, but it kind of shows you that it's like, yes, this is vulnerable. Yes. You can do like a risk assessment, obviously, but that also you actually are gaining connection. And like, Mm -hmm. if you're used to not having connection, that can feel scary. Yeah. Yeah. Cause change is freaky deaky, even when it's good change. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, change. Um, I think it was Octavia Butler who, yeah, she wrote Parable, Parable of the Sower that involves that concept of like, that, wow, my brain just was like, <laughs> I think I became that, like the meme lady doing all the calculations. I was like, yeah, yeah that was that book where it's like, change is God. I was just like, I remember that phrase in it now because that's like the religion she starts in this like post-apocalyptic book. Um, But yeah, 
And that's why sometimes change is scary, but also good. Yeah. Yeah. I, we'll see what happens. I, you'll have to check back in with me and, and I'll, I'll let you know how, how, how it goes, but yeah, I'm hoping to get out, 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 out there more and uh, swallow the fear, you know, or, 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 or don't swallow it. I don't want it inside me. Uh, <laughs> uh, the fear, you know, I was going to say, recognize that the fear is there and be like, thank you for the information. Yeah. I'm going to go do this thing now. <laughs> yep. yep. I appreciate your input. <laughs> you trying to protect it. me. I do not need you now. Yes. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for being so generous with your time today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for, for your interest and, and having me on. It was, a, it was a real pleasure. It was the highlight of my day so far. Oh, that is so sweet. (laughs) Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Oh, <laughs>